0: Welcome to Take Your Stand, the podcast of Here I Stand Ministries. I'm your host, Luke Seiber. Let's explore more of what it means to live out the gospel by clinging to the word and to one another. What is the creation mandate and does it still apply? This is shifting gears a lot from the mini-series we did about worship. We're getting back into standalone episodes here, for at least for a little bit. And I wanted to talk about this idea of the creation mandate. Sometimes that's that's talked about, but I wanted to to delve into what exactly does that mean and consider a few questions that relate to whether that still applies today or not. The, The term creation mandate, it refers to the commission that Adam and Eve were given when God created them, how they were told to multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, and especially verse 28. That passage says Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth. and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So the Lord repeats a few elements in that to help us see where's the emphasis, what is he talking about? And when we look at it, there's three main parts to the creation mandate, the three main aspects. One is that Adam and Eve were created as image reflectors. They were image bearers. They were made in God's image, that God it is. A spirit, he does not have a body, he's unseen, he's not visible to us. God created Adam and Eve in physical bodies to reflect his image. His image not referring to his, his shape or his appearance, but his character, his nature. And so Adam and Eve were to physically and visibly represent that on the earth. They were also to multiply image reflectors, image bearers. That they were to to be fruitful multiply, to have children, and to multiply in descendants. And each of those children were going to be image bearers and image reflectors. And later on that we see in Genesis when it talks about genealogies, it also talks about how Adam and Eve's descendants are made in the image of God. So we see that that played out in Genesis. So that we're bringing back to the creation mandate. Adam and Eve were created as image reflectors. They were to multiply image reflectors. And one of the ways that they reflected God's image in the world was by exercising dominion. They were his representatives here. They were entrusted with a stewardship to reflect God's character, uh, his care, and his authority over the earth. It didn't mean that the world was untamed and wild, like like we think of like the Wild West or explorers going to... Un, uh, navigated areas but Adam was told to to till the ground to care for the garden and there was work that he had to do to exercise a dominion and subdue the earth so the, which is when you think about what this means it's really an incredible thought that God himself would entrust creation to one of his creatures and now absolutely Man and woman, man and woman when they were created, they were unlike anything else that God had, had made in the earth. They were, the, the, they were they alone were made in His image. They were given a very special place in the creation week. All these things are certainly true, but they're still made. <laughs> they were still creatures. And yet God and God is the one who's absolutely in control, who upholds all things, provides uh, food and nourishment for the animals and sustains the world. But one of the ways he does that is by working through men and women. That he has entrusted us, entrusted humanity with a a stewardship. Adam and Eve specifically were given this commission, this command, this instruction to subdue the earth, to, to care for it, to reflect God's image as they did so. And so that brings us to the question. If we've looked at what is the creation mandate? The question we have to consider is, did the fall reverse that? Or did the fall affect that in some way? Because when God gave this commission, Adam and Eve had not sinned. They were they were innocent. They had not sinned in any way. They didn't have a sin nature. They were innocent, enjoyed perfect fellowship with the Lord in a perfect creation. So the fall has affected so much, every aspect of life, So we would expect it to affect the creation mandate. So did the fall revoke it or did the fall just change it? Well, the short answer is the the fall into sin did not change the the creation mandate in the sense that it did not revoke it. It did make it a lot harder. For example, in Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve eat the fruit and they're... They hide themselves in shame and God confronts them. And then God begins to to judge and to uh, pronounce His judgments upon the serpent, upon the woman. And then in Genesis 3, 17 through 19, he gets to Adam. And he says that the ground is now cursed because of Adam's sin. But Adam was still called to work it. He's going to labor at it. It's going to take sweat and hard toil. And eventually he's going to return to it because he was taken out of it when he was made he's going to return to dust when he dies so the idea of subduing or exercising dominion over the earth that still applied he still had to till the garden not the garden of eden but still till the till the ground and care for it just like he was told before he had before he had sinned but now because sin had entered into the world because adam had transgressed god's command it was going to be a lot harder for him but the command, the commission, to care for the earth as God's steward, is still applied. And not only that, the creation mandate is even reiterated after the flood, after man continue, continues for a while and just continues to fall further, further into sin until God says enough, and He decides to to wipe out all of humanity except for just a few people, just uh, just eight people: Noah, his wife, is sons and his sons' wives, so that God brings them through the flood, preserves the anim- preserves representatives of the animals, uh, brings them out into this, this, not a recreated world, but a, a fresh start. And when God does so in Genesis 9, verses 1 through 3, he reiterates the creation mandate that he had given to Adam and Eve back before the fall. The beginning of Genesis 9 says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, and upon every bird of the, bird of the heavens, and upon everything that creeps on the ground, and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are given; that they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you, and as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. Very similar language, almost the exact same language uh, back in Genesis 1. It's a same in the idea of being fruitful, multiplying, filling the earth, same clause. It does not say uh, have dominion or to subdue in that sense, but the Lord says about the animals, into your hands they are given. They, they were entrusted and subjected under the authority of Noah and his sons. The fall had already happened. God had just had to destroy the majority, the vast majority of humankind because of sin. But God reiterates, hey, you guys still have a job to do here of caring for the earth, of reflecting God's image and his character and how they and how they lived and interacted and subdued the earth. And once again, this was changed slightly in terms of the difficulty level. Like with... When Adam sinned, the ground was cursed, so now work of tilling the ground became difficult. There was a relational tension between him and Eve. There was a lot of these, some difficulties had entered into this commission. There's another difficulty that enters into it here, we see in Genesis 9, when there's now the the fear and the dread of man upon the animals. And we see that that tension, and then not only that, but now humans are said, hey, I'm, the lord lord says to them i'm giving you these animals as food so that that adds another layer of tension where it's not just so much of caring for the animals anymore that certainly still applies but now one of the way that they animals are given as food so that that's another you could say a little bit change of the creation mandate but still the overarching thrust of humans are image reflectors they are to multiply image reflectors and they reflect God's image by exercising His, his care over uh, the earth and what He has made. We go further in the Old Testament and we come to the time of David and we see the creation mandate still holding. Psalm uh, 8 verses 3-6 uh, through six, where it says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your hands, the s- moon and the stars which you have made, which you have put in place. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands and have put all things under his feet. The psalmist there is talking about humanity that the Lord has given mankind dominion over the works of his hands. That we are still given this commission, we are still uh, charged with uh, caring for the earth in this incredible stewardship way. And that's one of the reasons the psalmist there, he marvels when he looks and sees uh, the, the glory and the beauty of God just reflected in creation. He thinks, who am I that I would have this responsibility to care for this? God, why would you even care for me? And then, and then raise me up to, to entrust me with this work, to work through me to carry out your plan. It's an incredible marvel to, to think about, the stewardship that we are given. But, so we uh, see that the creation mandate is still holding, even after the fall, after the flood, uh, after the time of the judges, all, all these things that are going through throughout Israel's history and the history of the world. The creation mandate is still holding. So the fall did not revoke the creation mandate; it just made it more difficult in different senses. That there's, as we as we multiply image reflectors, there's relational tension. There's now work has become difficult. There's a fear and dread of us upon the animals. The animals are given to us for food. So it's become diff, it's become difficult and changed in some senses, but it still holds. So that's the first question. The second question we have to consider is. Okay, what happened after the cross? Uh, did that revoke the creation mandate? Did, did, the, great cre- did the Great Commission replace that? Or did it, did it modify it a little bit? Well, the answer is that the creation mandate is still there. It just has changed its emphasis a little bit. Uh, specifically, as one of my professors has pointed out, the way that uh, we multiply image reflectors. That in the original creation mandate, it was through having children. That still applies. But now the emphasis that is focusing upon as spreading the gospel and that every person is made in the image of God. Not everyone is being reconformed to that image of God because the image of God has been marred because of sin. But yet when someone believes the gospel, they are beginning to be conformed back into the image of God, into the image of Christ. And so... That is one of the charges that we are given uh, through the Great Commission is to be able to share the gospel with with others, uh, and that is one of the primary emphasis that we are given now. But the idea of stewardship over what God has created and caring for the earth and for one another and trying to, to live in a way, uh, trying to, to live well upon the upon the earth, uh, stewarding things well, that still applies. Uh, for instance, a Psalm 8, there that we looked at a few just a little bit ago, is quoted in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. And yeah, there's some debate about whether the, the author of Hebrews was quoting that specifically and only talking about Christ um, being the one made for a little while lower than the angels um, and then crowned with glory and honor, having all things put under his feet. And certainly that is true. Or if it was saying, "Yes, this is true of humanity, and Christ is the perfect example." Right. There's some debate about that, but the the point is that the the author of Hebrews he quotes Psalm eight as still true, as still reflective of the fact that we are given this instruction, this commission, that God has given us dominion over the uh, over the over what He has made. And also, this, we see this hold true when we think about what's coming in the future kingdom. That when Christ comes back and he sets up his reign upon the earth, we're still going to be carried for creation here. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 21, for example, it's talking about what's going to happen in this coming kingdom. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. So we're going, to, we're going to be building houses. We're going to be planting vineyards, caring for it, eating the fruit. Uh, these things are still going to hold true. It's what we're doing now. It's what, it's what Adam and Eve were commissioned to do. It's what we're, we're doing now. It's what we're still going to do in the coming kingdom. Uh, Zechariah, oh, where'd it go? Yeah, Zechariah chapter 14, verses uh, 16 through 19, talks about in the coming kingdom, uh, the nations are going to come up to Jerusalem year after year. But if a nation rebels the Lord will not send rain upon that nation. And it has the idea of a, that that is going to devastate that nation. It's a, it's a punishment is why the rain is withheld. And especially in an agricultural society, having no rain is devastating. That is a very severe punishment. And so the implication is there that we're still going to be uh, working and uh, exercising dominion under the Lordship of Christ in the coming the kingdom. And when we think about the character of our God, we can also see why the creation mandate would still hold for us today. That our God does not change, and He cares about the details of creation. Different places in the Psalms talk about Him caring for the animals and providing them food. And Jesus Himself talks about how the Father cares for the sparrows and clothes of the lilies in Matthew chapter 6, verses 26-30. through 30. And so we reflect the character of God if he cares about the details and caring about the physical creation, we should as well. That we are given a stewardship and so we are to carry that out. So does the creation mandate still apply? Uh, Yes, it it does. But it can be misunderstood and there can be some wrong emphasis with that. We talk about the creation mandate and stewardship over the earth, caring for the earth, there can be a temptation to idolize the physical the physical creation to make it think that our primary purpose here upon this earth is to preserve all the animals and plants and uh, environmental things and certainly we should be wise with how we engage with that but we should not make that the center of our focus god has given us a stewardship and we should not idolize that stewardship this earth is going to pass away no matter what we try to do. God will destroy it and he'll create the new heavens and the new earth. So this is, and this, and the end of this was to last. This is not our God. This is something that he has made. We are to care for it in that light. The creation mandate also does not mean that we are to go out into these different spheres of society and if we can, take those over for Christ and to exert enough of his influence there we're going to bring his kingdom to earth that is that is not what this this means rather it's an idea of exercising stewardship in the different areas that God has has given us to reflect his character to reflect his image so yeah that certainly applies when it comes to environmental areas when it comes to thinking about farming that most naturally reflects the idea of the creation mandate of, of exercising dominion over the earth but there's also other ways that we reflect the the character of god when it uh, comes to how we live how we develop society so that we can uh, live together and to reflect his character uh, of creation and beauty so like things like art or uh, management business these things like that are still ways that we can fulfill the creation mandate of displaying god's character and exercising stewardship and so it the emphasis of, or, uh, of the creation mandate or the most direct link will be seen through things like, like farmers, um, whether they're tending crops or raising animals. And so we need to think through that. How do we do so in a wise way? Are we uh, taking care of these animals on the ground or are we just abusing and neglecting? Uh, we need to think about how are we reflecting the character of God. But also a steward, uh, uh, a software engineer can, can also exercise authority, can exercise dominion over the responsibilities that he is given in his job and helping to cooperate on a much broader scale with helping people be able to live together in societies and nations uh, and, and like the different societies or communities. But he's still exercising authority and dominion in the areas that, that he has been entrusted. And so it's a, it comes down to a matter of stewardship. And it's, it's the creation mandate still applies. That we are still, are, we are still made in the image of God. Every person who has ever lived and ever will is a reflection of God's image. And yes, it has been marred by sin, but as we believe in Christ, we're being conformed back into his image to accurately reflect his image here visibly upon the earth. Not not in terms of our appearance, but showing others what God is like by by how we live. We are to, to multiply image bearers. That's through having children and it's also through proclaiming the gospel that it, both are there. Um, and that we are to exercise authority in those spheres that God has given us. Not so that we bring his kingdom to earth but so that we accurately reflect his character and show it in all aspects of life, showing, showing who our God is. So that's a little, a little bit about the creation mandate and thinking through do some questions with that. And uh, I hope that that's been helpful. I, I enjoyed looking into that some more. And it's something I've been learning more about over the past couple of years. But I oh, look forward to continuing on with these standalone episodes uh, for the next several ones. But until then, read the word and take your stand. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope this episode was helpful and an encouragement. For more resources, check out hisministries.com. Scripture quotations are from the ESV Registered Bible, the Holy Bible English Standard Version, Copyright 2001 by Crossway, a publishing ministry of Good News Publishers. Used by permission, all rights reserved.